about how God wants us to pray. And this is a parable of the persistent widow, and I'm sure I've preached from here before. But this morning I want you to take two things from this. Lots of times, lots of times we talk about prayer as a discipline, and it is a discipline. And we talk about, you know, how much time you're spending in prayer. Take this time of the day and spend in prayer. And we talk a lot about discipline. And I believe that discipline is important. But I believe that desperation is more important. And so we're going to talk about discipline and desperation today. Let's read this this morning. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes. It can never be destroyed. Right now my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this woman keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Literally, in the Amplified Bible, he says, I'm afraid she's going to come and strangle me. That's what it literally says in the Amplified Bible. He says that she's, she's wearing me out, okay? And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find any, will he find faith on the face of the earth, and I've added the word any, but in the Amplified it talks about that. Will he find any faith on the earth? Okay? He's saying this is what it requires, this is what we need, but am I going to find any? And I want you to ask yourself these questions this morning that we're going to talk about. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you today, help us to see what you seek for us as we pray. Father, help us to come before you in desperation. Father, it's, it's good to have discipline, and we believe in that, Father, but we need to come knowing that you are the only person who can change things, that, that everything we have comes from you, and we need to be desperate for your help and not relying on anything else. And Father, today I pray that you would speak to our hearts and draw us close to you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How important is prayer in your life? How big of a part of your life is prayer? How much of your day have you set aside and devoted to prayer? How much time do you spend in communication with God? The story Jesus tells about a widow. And we learned about as we were talking in Ruth, as we studied in Ruth not too long ago. But a widow is a person who is in real bad shape. In, in Jesus' day, if you were a widow and you didn't have any family around, you were pretty much uh, on your own and there weren't very many employment opportunities, there weren't very many things that were going on that was going to be able to help you out, and you were really at uh, the mercy of those around you. And this widow had come to the place where she said, I don't have anybody to help me get justice against whoever is pressing against her, and so she has one person that she can go to. And she goes to this judge. And the reason she goes to him is because he is the person who can help her. 
And she goes and continues to go and she pleads with him. And there's some things that we need to learn from this widow this morning. There's three things we're going to talk about. The first thing is she realizes she has a need. Cindy's talked about it several times, but when we went to Africa and you watch the people pray in Africa, it's a whole different way of praying than we pray here. They are praying out of need. They don't know where they're going to eat next. They don't know what's going to happen to them. They pray out of desperation, and it's a whole different kind of prayer than what we've seen here, and it's a beautiful thing. And the truth is we're so spoiled, it's hard for us to even see our needs. Many of us are not in need at all. We have all the things we need. We have homes. We have food. We have, we really, we have in abundance And it's hard for us to get to a place where we realize how much we truly need God. And it's even harder for us to get to a place where we have, where we realize we have spiritual needs. In the world we live in, it's so easy to look around and see someone who is involved in something else and you say, well, I'm, I'm better than they are. I'm, at least I'm not doing this. And then we also live in a world where sin doesn't exist anymore. And, and we look at others and we say, well, well I, 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 I'm doing better than they are. So it's hard for us to see our needs. But she saw her need. The second thing is she realized who could help her. There was only one person who could help her. And she didn't have anyone else. And I don't know about you, but what happens when you get sick or you get in trouble and you need help, then you start getting desperate. And this lady was desperate. And she, and she called out to the one that could help her. I don't think, I don't think I've ever, and maybe I've called 911 before, but not really for myself, but maybe for someone else. But imagine if you are in a bad accident or something, and you are really needing help. Think about how you would call 911. And I got and I got to thinking about this and and thinking about how you call. Okay? So when you call 911, you're desperate and it's not like this. You know, you call 911. You say, "Hello, this is 911. What's your emergency?" "Hey, how you doing?" "Yeah, I'm doing good." Yeah, that's not how you call 911. I just cut my hand off in a uh, hedge clipping accident here. "Yeah, I can wait. Yeah, I'll be on hold." That's not how we do 911. 911 is, hey, I've cut my hand. I mean, have you ever heard 911 calls? I've cut my hand off. Can you help me? I'm bleeding on the carpet or whatever, you know. And, and, and she comes to him and she is desperate. She realizes she needs help and she comes to him like that. And she was desperate for an answer. Number three, she was desperate for an answer. So much so that she would not quit asking. Whatever was going on around was, that was bothering her really bothered her to the point that it broke her heart and she said, something has got to change. And whatever she was facing upset her so much and moved her so much that she was desperate for an answer and she kept bugging this guy and kept bugging this guy so much to the point that literally the Amplified Bible says, I'm afraid she's going to strangle me. Have you, ever, have you ever seen someone where they grab someone by the neck and go, won't you listen to me? Some of you said, yeah, I've done that to my kids. Don't say that out loud, but you know, you've done, no. But you're like, 
Can't you hear me? Can't you listen to me? And she said, this is, and Jesus says, this is where she was. The, the Amplified Bible says literally that the judge says, she's going to grab me and strangle me and say, give me justice no matter what. And Jesus says, this is the way that God wants us to pray. Can you imagine grabbing God and shaking him and saying, give me justice and him going, I'm so glad you're coming to me like this. He, he, actually, he actually says that he likes to be nagged. And you say, well, what kind of a God is it that we serve? Because when we come to him like that, we are saying, I really believe that you can fix this. I really have faith that you're the one that can change this. And God loves it when his people come to him and say, I completely believe that you can fix this. I am desperate. I have no other way of doing this. I'm not turning to anyone else. I'm not turning to any other thing. I am coming to you because I believe with all my heart that you can change this situation. And God says, I love it when you come like that to me. Help me. Help me. And this is what God loves. She really believed that the judge could give her help. And so what can we learn from this? The first thing we have to realize is, do we have a need I think it's hard for us to realize the need that we live in, and it's getting harder all the time. Our culture says that nothing is sin, that there is no sin. Every day there is one more thing that, that is brought before our kids and our teenagers and ourselves that says this is not wrong. We've decided that, that homosexuality is no longer wrong, and so we can't say this is wrong. And so when we say that, when we say homosexuality is wrong, then our kids say, well, that's not what the world says, and so that it's not sin anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's okay to do this, and it's okay to do that, and the whole society says this is okay. And so things become less and less and less wrong until we've come to a point where there almost is nothing that we can say, and the the culture agree with us, that we can say is sin. And so if nothing is wrong, then do I have a spiritual need? Do you understand where we're headed? We're headed to a place where if there is nothing wrong, then I don't need anything. If there's nothing wrong, then there's nothing wrong with me. I have no need for a Savior because nothing I do is wrong. And this is where we are. We can't, it's hard for us to realize we need a, we have a need when there is nothing wrong. But we have to come to the place where we let the Holy Spirit convict us and say, we are sinners. Nobody wants to talk like that anymore. But there is sin in our lives. And we have to come to this point where we realize that we have a need, where we can't fix everything. We have to come to the point where we realize that we are completely dependent upon God. And this woman saw her need, and we have to come to that place where we understand that as well. We have a uh, praise song, and it says, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. I don't know if that's how it goes. Sort of like that. But do we really believe that? Or is that just something we sing? Is it just words that we sing? Or are we really desperate for God? Are we, and sometimes in the church, we get saved and sanctified, and then we don't need God anymore. Are you hearing me this morning? It's like something that we say, okay, I did those two things, and so I'm done. I don't need God anymore. 
I've got, I've checked the box. I got baptized. I got saved. I went to the altar again and I don't need God anymore. Everything is done. And I'm going to tell you, we never get to the place that we're not dependent on God for everything. And we have to have that in our minds at all times, or we are not going to pray in a way that moves God. We are in desperate need of God. Hey, look around. Do you think that we're not in desperate need of God? Do you watch the news ever? Do you not look around and see the sin that's going on? I went to, uh, I went to the lake a couple of weeks ago and was talking to a guy. Real nice guy. Real nice guy. He was a retired fella and, and very successful businessman. Every other word this man said was a profanity. Every other word he said was a profanity. And Cindy goes, I was just waiting for him to ask you what your job was. <laughs> you know? And I didn't say, you know, you can't curse around me. I mean, that's his prerogative. And we was just talking. And this guy was probably 65, 66. He goes, yeah, I'm down here. Came down and staying with my girlfriend. And I got her kids down here, and we're, we're just staying down here and all this stuff. This guy was just lost as a goose. And he had no idea that he was lost. And we talked about those kinds of things. And, and, and as I was sitting there and thinking about this, I was like, this is the, this is the culture we live in. We are in desperate need of God. And this is where we are. And, and, and we act like when we... Uh, we talk about it. We talk about the way things are around us and we complain about it and gripe about all the things that are going wrong and all the things that are going wrong with our young people and all the things that are going wrong with our marriages and all the things that's going on in our government, all the things that's going wrong in our culture. And I'm going to be real honest with you. And then we come together and, and we try, and I'm, just, and I'm trying not to gripe, but I'm telling you, we come together to, to, to try to have a prayer meeting and it's like, I can't think of anything to pray about. What? Really? I just can't think of anything to... Are you kidding me? Do do you look... Do you open your eyes when you're walking around? Do you not see the world around you? Folks, we got enough to pray about that we could spend the rest of our life on our faces in prayer with what's going on around us. And I think that we in the church, we want to to come and we... and And I love all the parts of the church... But I want us to come to a place where we believe that prayer is the most important thing we do. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit brings us to that and we're working on that. But I am praying for that because, folks, when we look around, there's plenty to pray about. We are in desperate need of God. The family is in desperate need of God. Our culture is in desperate need of God. Our kids and our young people are in desperate need of God. And we should be on our faces at all times praying. And we act like prayer is a waste of time. We have to realize we have a need. The second thing we have to do is recognize that God is the only source that can help us. We don't believe in God. We try to feel better. Well, if I just had more stuff, I'd feel better. If I just had more money, if I just had more this or that, power or People try all kinds of things. They try every source but God. 
They think this will, this will be what fixes. If I just had this, this will fix it. If I just had that, this will fix it. It's only when we realize that we have a real problem and that God is the, the source that can help us that things change. And then the third thing is we have to be desperate for an answer. We have trouble even realizing we, we need an answer, but, but it's even more, we're not desperate for the answer. It doesn't bother us that people are dying and going to hell. Does that bother you? Does it really bother you? Does it bother you enough that it moves you to get on your knees? Does it bother you that, that marriages are falling, around, falling apart around us, that our children don't know who God is? Does it bother you that families are falling apart in our town and in our church and all around us? We are not a desperate people. Instead, we say, I'm too tired to pray. I'm too busy to pray. Dr. Jerry Porter wrote an article on this, and in this article he wrote, and this is a quote from our general superintendent, we do not need more discipline to pray. We need to become more desperate. See, desperate shows faith. Desperate shows that we really believe that we have a need And we grieve for the things that grieves God. Desperate prayer shows that we really do believe God is the answer and not us. Not what we can come up with, but that God is the answer. Jesus goes on to say that that God is not like the judge. He said that God is a just God who protects, defends, and avenges. And who does he protect? Who does he defend and who does he avenge? And it says in here very specifically who God works in, whose life that God works in. And this is who it is. Those who cry to him day and night. You say, God's not moving in my life. Are you crying out day and night? Well, you know, I pray a little here and there. Mm -mm. God says that I move. Jesus says that God moves in the lives of those that he protects that he avenges and that he brings and he brings justice. He defends those who cry out to him day and night. You want your children protected from the sin of this world? You want your family protected from the sin of this world, from the temptations that come into this world, from all the stuff that's trying to come in and break up your family? You want your little kids protected from that? You better be crying out. The word says that God says he'll protect that. If we cry out day and night, that's a promise. That's what Jesus says. Oh, well, I'm just too tired. Huh. Okay. The word says Jesus promises that he protects, defends, and and avenges those who cry out to him day and night. And the word also says that he does that speedily and quickly. Who? Who does he do this for? Those who cry out to him day and night. Desperate, praying people who really believe that prayer matters. Who really believe that God is the only way out of this. Who really believe that God is the only thing that matters in our kids' lives. Who really believe that God is the only thing that matters in our lives. Who really believe that God is the only thing that matters. That God is all there is. That cry out to him day and night like it matters. Because Jesus says it does. Desperate praying people who really believe. 
How many types of those people are there? Do you know that Jesus says there's so few of those people that he wonders when he comes back if there will be anybody who does that? Do you hear what Jesus says? Jesus says there's not very many people like that. Jesus says, I, I want to I protect, I want to, to bring justice, I want to I do these things, I want to do these things, and I'm going to do these things to those who cry out to me day and night. But I'm just being honest with you, Jesus is saying this, I don't know if there's any of those people out there. He says, I don't, when I come back, I don't know if there'll be anybody doing that. I don't know about you, but that hurts me. Don't you want to be one that when Jesus comes, he can say, oh, here's one. Here's one who cried out day and night. I didn't know if there would be any. I wonder if there would be any. And here, here's one. Don't you want to be a church that is filled with those kind of people that are crying out day and night? Oh, well, I'll let somebody else do that. i tell you what, you know, I want Jesus protecting my family because I couldn't go with them everywhere. I couldn't guarantee what they were doing. I don't know. My kids live all over the place now. Luke took off and went to Arkansas. He needs to be protected from Arkansas. There's bad things down there. No. I can't protect him. But the word says Jesus does when I cry out to him day and night. When my kids was in a in school, they went on a mission trip, and one of the parents got up and said, I want you to guarantee, we were going to Belize, flying in a plane. She said, I want you to guarantee that my kid will be safe. I went, good luck. You can't guarantee, you can't guarantee we're going to get out of here without somebody tripping over a chair and breaking her neck. We can't guarantee, you can't guarantee that stuff. But I can guarantee that the word says that Jesus says he can protect your kids at school. And he can protect your kids wherever they're at. And he can protect their hearts. And he can bring justice. And he can avenge. But my part is I have to pray day and night like I believe it matters. Do you believe it matters? Well, last week, that was a challenge on my heart that, that do, I really, do I really believe, do I have more faith in the problem than I do in the power of God to overcome it? If I have more faith in God, then I need to be on my face. There's some things that have happened within our church this week that, is, that has just drawn me into this, this continuous on my face prayer. I've been praying for Coy all week. Because I think it matters. I believe that God's going to do a wonderful work in his life. But we need to be on our faces praying for that. The word calls us to that, to be desperate people. But Jesus says, is anybody going to be there? Is anybody going to do that? You would think we would all want to be there. But Jesus says, I wonder if I'll find any persistent in the faith. If Jesus walked in today and did an inventory and walked in among us, would he find any of us who cry out day and night? 
He would find friendly people. They're all friendly. He'd find hard workers. People who want people to do right. People who want people to quit sinning. Parents who love their kids. But he says someone who cries out day and night is a rare person. So rare, he says, I wonder if I'll see any when I come. Wouldn't it be great if we could make that the normal instead of the rare? He says, I wonder if there'll be anyone. We need to be people who are persistent and desperate in prayer. People who are convinced that it is not us, but God who does the work. It is God who convicts and changes and saves. People who believe that what Jesus says about prayer is 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 possible that he, that we are to be seeking him day and night the thing that jesus says moves him is the thing that few people do and i'm going to ask you this morning are you desperately crying out to god day and night desperate for him to answer if your foot was cut off like we talked about, or if your hand was cut off, you'd get desperate in a hurry, wouldn't you? Or would you say, you know, <laughs> my hand's cut off, but I'm just too tired to call 911. My hand's cut off, but I think I'm going to watch my show. Because I wouldn't want to miss my show before I went to the hospital. Go to the hospital, you can watch the show there because you're not going to get in for a long time. No, anyway, that's a whole different thing. I'll wait till my show's over. No, you wouldn't. You'd be desperate. Folks, there's people dying outside. Are we calling out to God desperately day and night? Or are we just walking past the problems of the world The dying world that we live in needs some Christians to desperately go to God in prayer for them. Are you crying out to God day and night? I want us to stand this morning. Either you are or you're not, and I don't know. If, I don't think we have to have a response time this morning to decide whether you're going to do this or not. If God's spoken in your heart, you know. You know what He said to you this morning. You know what He's spoken into your heart, and and we can all be dead honest, and we can say, "Yeah, I'm either doing this or no, I'm not." And if the Holy Spirit has convicted you this morning, do different. Go and be that person that God has called us to be. Be the church that has people crying out day and night in desperation. That's what God has called us to. That is how we are to pray. I don't care how disciplined you are. Discipline is part of it. But folks, God has called us to be desperate. We face things that we can't fix. God's going to have to fix it. And we have to cry out to him day and night. Are you doing that this morning? Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name that you would come and that you would convict our hearts today. Father, we each know what our prayer life is like.
We each know what we are doing. And Father, your word makes some specific promises. The word says that you protect and, and, bring, and you avenge those who cry out day and night. Father, if we're a mother and a father here this morning that seek for protection on our kids, your word says we need to be crying out day and night for that. That we don't need to just hope that everything turns out all right. We need Christian parents on their faces praying for their kids day and night. We need parents and and moms and dads and and husbands and wives praying for protection on their marriages, praying, praying for protection of their children. Father, your word says that this person is so rare that you wonder if there'll be any persistent in the faith. Father, help us today to, that, to, that that would shame us. That that would shame us. That we would look at our lives and say, I want to be what Christ would have me to be. And he seeks for me to be a person desperate for him. Father, help us to be a church desperate for you. Father, speak to us, draw us, convict us today, and help us to respond. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If anyone can help